0: Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is the weekend golf update for the 2021 Byron Nelson. But truthfully, guys, it's a little more like a PGA Championship Preview Part 2. I'm your host, Adam Bapdi. As always, I'm joined by my brothers, Craig. Hey, how's we, how we doing, guys? And Kevin. Hey, everybody. Hey, okay, uh, Craig, let's talk a little bit. Byron Nelson, do you want to... Byron Nelson, sorry. you want to give a Oh, yeah. Recap? you've
1: already... You forgot about it so much, you can't remember the name of the I tournament. Know, I know. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I mean, KH Lee, uh, three months ago, he recorded his highest ever finish in a PGA tournament, uh, tied for second at the Waste Management uh, in Phoenix, um, came in this week, I don't think he had a whole lot of eyeballs on him, not a whole lot of attention, uh, you know, fairly dominant, teed green, and then his putting was was great too. He gained over a stroke putting every round. Uh, we came in today. Sam Burns was was the 54 hole leader. Something he's I think getting pretty used to. Yeah. And uh, uh, but out of the gates, K. H. Lee was the one that took control early. And then down the stretch, he just had you know zero. Uh, he just, he closed strong. He he yeah. did not look uncomfortable at all playing with the lead down the stretch. Uh, with this win. He wins his, his way into the PGA Championship next week,
2: uh-huh.
1: next year's Masters. I'm sure he'll get a whole bunch of. I, I, I think this will get him into the U.S. Open. Um, he only has two major starts previously, so those are right. some big, big, uh, you know, status um, uh, ranking uh, points wins for him. I, I mean, you can't you can't ignore those FedEx Cup points as well. Uh, but yeah, K.H. Lee this week,
2: or probably today. I think. What did you guys find most impressive about him? Well, for me, I think it was definitely his start. He was five under through eight. He, you know, he was one back of a very hot golfer um, going into the day, and he knew he knew he needed to go out and get it, and he did. Started started really hot.
1: Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, like Sam Burns bogeyed the first, and
0: kind of you know, all of a sudden they're neck and neck, and then Cage Lee just put put his foot on the accelerator. Yeah, the one thing I was going to say, I mean, a big part of today was the weather that came in. So they're all split tees. They're all first thing in the morning uh, trying to beat this weather system. Uh, and they got held up on 16 green. They both, had, Everyone in that group, uh, Charles, Sam Burns, and Cage Lee had the par putts remaining. And uh, right out of the break, which is substantial, I mean, a couple hours, I think, at least, Cage uh, Lee missed his par putt, So he gave one back the field um charles up first on 17 he flew it long into the bunker it's a par three sam burns uh came next and hit a really good shot kind of stuck it to about 15 feet and the crowd that was remaining kind of gave him like big props oh
2: he's charging now he's charging at at that point it was a two two point spread right
0: two two stroke uh lead yeah and then ksh uh steps up he's the last one to tee off in that group because he had a bogey on 16 and just sticks it to three feet. And that was kind of, the to me, like the exclamation mark on his win. Like, no, he's like, he gave a little opening on 16, but no, it, he's taking it home.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, a fairly comfortable stroll down 15. Down eight, Or sorry, down 18. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like, uh, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it I don't know why he was walking long, back yeah. to 15. He didn't
0: really need to at that point. <laughs> So yeah, that was that it for me. Uh, but yeah, great win. As we say, it's hard to win on the PGA Tour and it just opens up so many doors for these guys.
1: Yeah, and you know, we were talking about that a little bit. We we had our five biggest storylines uh, video out uh, mm-hmm. going, of, of the PGA, you know, five biggest p- potential PGA championship storylines. Right. And the first one we brought up was first time major winner. So like we we brought up Rom, we brought up Xander and like it's always a big thing when someone wins their first major. But for someone like KH Lee, like th- your first PGA Tour win is a huge huge thing. Yeah, um, that it, it's tough I think it's a little harder sometimes when you have someone like KH Lee because uh he doesn't have the the fluency in English to be able to express how much this means to him. Um but you can see it when when he's having the put the post uh, tournament interview and all that. Yeah. Like this, this is a life changing win, which it's always cool to see
2: that.
0: Yeah. It's so also Saturday
2: night. Uh, sorry, Kevin, go ahead. I was going to say it's also because, you know, being foreign, typically the, the broadcasts and the media focus on the guys that they, they have seen coming up and, you know, everybody knows their story and they focus on those stories because they know them well. Maybe they have a relationship with these guys, somebody like KH Lee, a little bit more under the radar because his, his amateur career was was overseas and um we just don't know as much about him so but yeah it's it's huge it's a huge win anytime these guys get their first win huge Open so many doors totally agree two
1: two years yeah. of two years of
0: guaranteed PGA starts and yeah a job for two years yeah. money in the bank right there yeah. so i was going to say uh saturday night uh Craig and i had our our showdown show but we didn't have our text group a little that active kevin Going into Sunday, I mean, who was your money on to kind of close the deal uh, at the bar, Nelson?
2: It was Sam Burns. Yeah. I mean, I, it, you always wonder how a player is going to react after their first win. And um, the way he played the first three rounds, totally. I thought it, he was going to keep it rolling.
0: Craig, remind me who you said. Did you say Lee?
1: I had Charles. Um, oh,
2: right, right, right.
1: And you know what? I was... Because I was... I. I had stake in him just showdown i actually KHL was my my six of six tournament long so i was pretty happy to see that i, I wasn't gonna double down on him in showdowns but i thought
0: you were gonna uh, give yourself like a little humble pat on the back in the intro there when he said he wasn't on many people's radar but mine uh, he was on mine but like
1: <laughs> you know as the sixth guy into my lineups um but yeah no i had Charles, and, and i actually thought so i was listening most of the day uh, yeah. i was uh, doing yard work and, and so i wasn't able to watch but i was listening pj to a radio and it sounded like Charles. Actually, no, I, I was watching a little bit very early on. But regardless, Charles had like his ball striking was good again, and he just could not sort of get hot and convert his opportunities. At least early, I know that he did start to uh, make some some better numbers as the round went on. But early on, he 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 kind of he had tons of opportunities, and he just wasn't converting them, um, and, and that sort of preempted any charge that could have come from him.
0: Yeah. It's so hard to watch his putter, though. It just—it just kind of freaks me out when I see with it. that, with that it putter is, he's
1: using this week, <laughs> it is with jarring. It is jarring. The center line
0: putter, whatever you call it. The—I
1: don't even know what to call
2: it. It's just like oh. a mallet. Like I don't—I can't think of another putter that I've ever really seen where the shaft comes into the putter behind, like where you're striking the butt.
1: I, I've but... seen that in storage, but I've never seen it looks
0: like a tool they're used. handing out in the like basement of the coliseum as the gladiator slaves are going into
2: the ring oh you get this mallet putter
0: oh <laughs> you're
1: like oh right. man
2: <laughs> or like uh, the, or like the putter that some some salesman's trying to peddle you this will improve your game <laughs> sure it will. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were, they were saying basically like, if you, you know, these, these equipment reps come around and they give you a whole bunch to try and they're, I forget if it was Colt Nost, Noster, whoever it was, but he's saying like, yeah, that would probably be the first
0: one I left on the table, <laughs> not, you know, not taking that one out to have another putt with it. Yeah. So I think, I mean, another name we got to say on the later board, which I think a lot of people had as, you know, a charger coming into Sunday, it was Jordan Spieth. And he just, I mean, one under day at any point during this tournament is not going to happen. So he fell to T9. Uh, But still, so interesting story. He comes back in his intro press conference, I think, on Tuesday or Wednesday of the tournament. He says that he had COVID-19 after the Masters. He he took quite a bit of time off. So we really didn't know. I mean, he was on such a tear, uh, winning in Texas, playing well at the Masters. We didn't know what to expect from this. But to me... This is po- like this is more positive, even though he didn't kind of close on Sunday or even really have a that great of a Sunday.
2: What well, are Craig thoughts? kept asking us for I think three weeks surrounding Jordan Spieth's win whether he was back or not. I mean, Craig, if you still want to ask the question, I, I yes, know, like, I, think we, we, the, out, I think Jordan Spieth is back. Jury's still out. I they're, they're <laughs> deliberating.
1: They've ordered what some food and it looks like they're going to be deliberating for a while. Still, we gotta. <laughs> Uh, no, but, I, I do I mean, think, he, you know, just on speed, he had three. He, he, actually, the last round, his everything, his TD Green game was horrible. But the first three rounds, uh, he he was really good with his ball striking. Um, I mean, it was just one bad round. Uh, he he should have, you know, he could have done a little bit more on Sunday um, and, and put himself in contention. But uh, I, I think in terms of answering the questions of, you know, a COVID Diagnosis of COVID, and it sounded like he was symptomatic. It wasn't an asymptomatic situation. So, seeing that he was out there playing good golf this weekend, I think just answer some of those questions for people going into next week.
2: Yeah, and yeah. when disappointing weeks ended, you know, top ten finishes, it means the guy's in yeah. pretty good form. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, I think guy... I think
1: uh, clearly, Jordan Spieth is back. You heard no. it here first. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, ground, earth-shattering announcement. That one is. Uh, one guy who did have a really good Sunday. Uh, Craig chat. threw out a text or a group chat and said, "Burgers a stud." So, Craig, do you want to elaborate now on the podcast?
1: Well, uh, so I had him in my best six of six. That I yeah. was uh, at, t- at one point, I was thinking it might have GPP winning potential. Um, yeah. So that's mostly the reason that I said that. But <laughs> he also, you know, coming into the week. I think he, he was a little bit flying under the radar in this field. You know, yep. next yep. week at PJ Championship is a different field, but I mean, he was I want to say, second or third in terms of strokes in total after the last three, six months going into this tournament. So um, it, people were not kind of giving him that level of notoriety, I think, coming into the week, and uh, he didn't really you know, it, it was sort of like it was a, a decent week from a top player through three rounds. But not great, not bad, not, you know, just kind of middling. Yeah. And then he just lit it on fire today to to go out there and shoot minus eight on a day where the scoring wasn't as as well, unless you name Pat and Desire, it wasn't as easy um, as it might have been the other days. But yeah, it was just a just a really good all around, really good all around day from him.
0: That's actually
2: it- I, sorry, Adam. Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, so it's actually interesting. So if you look on data golf, the last 12 months, strokes in total, that would be since the COVID break. And we talked about how he was on a tear since then, but he ranks fifth in the entire, like, in the golf universe in strokes in total the past 12 months. Uh, the only people above him are JT, DJ, Rom, and Xander. And he's, he's above Bryson. He's above Webb. He's above Hovland. Like, he is playing
1: really so, good golf So in this field,
0: field. he was second. Behind yes. John
1: wrong he's ahead of Bryson DeChambeau over the last twelve months. And yeah. if you think about how much press coverage those two people are getting, that would not be what you would think. And is that three wins for Bryson, and he's still high? Is that right? Uh, well, it yeah. might be. Yeah, yeah, because Workday and U.S. Open and Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer. Wow. Yeah, I mean the thing is that Bryson, like Bryson's numbers look better on PGA Tour compared to data golf because. Uh, Pj tour does doesn't have some of the events yeah the two masters and then i i think his europe he wasn't great in his european uh Saudi. appearances um Saudi.
0: yeah
1: yeah and he played in in one of the dubai or um abu dhabi earlier right. anyways regardless right. but so his PJ tour numbers are, are better than his data golf numbers for for bryson but i mean regardless daniel berger i think is not necessarily getting the notoriety that has come along with the, the, his play over the past year.
2: Well, the, my my issue with Daniel Berger is he's somebody who I've for a long time wanted to be a fan of. I want to see him like come through in a big moment, and you know whether that moment is a, a smaller tournament where I've bet on him or in a big <laughs> spot. I'd love to see him come through in a big moment, and just he just hasn't quite yet. So you know maybe next week is his week. We'll see. He's obviously yeah. playing well. Yeah, I would think that. That Charles Schwab
1: was his biggest win so far, and that is just because it was the first one back. So the feels was Everyone so was strong at that yeah. event. It, it was sort of like a pseudo, uh, you know, elevated status WTC type.
2: type thing. Yeah, like I you know, mean the f- first first sporting event back, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's no the kidding.
1: strength of field there was 713, which is stronger than some WGCs. Uh, I mean, that's almost a Masters strength of field because the Masters is... You get a lot of these old guys who are not not necessarily bringing up the strength of field. True. that is. <laughs> it true. might have actually been harder to win than the Masters that year because strength of field takes the average player into account. And then because the Masters has a smaller field, it's actually easier to win the Masters a lot sure. of years than it is to win... Even if they, it has the same strength of field as other tournaments, but
0: okay, we're into the Masters now. It's time to move on from the leaderboard. Oh, okay, uh, Kevin, I
1: just knows I'm going to try to make an argument uh, about why the Masters isn't as important as everyone know. wants to make it. It's going to I, I, I'm I'm gonna
2: gonna turn it into a bit. Rory Tiger thing. It's going to go down to Robin. Yeah, I'm, I'm later. shutting it down
0: early. I'm shutting it down early. <laughs>
2: we don't have enough.
0: <laughs> we don't have time for that. Okay. <laughs> so the condition, the conditions through the day is rain, 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 on 16 green with this, this final group here. I mean, there's puddles, they're getting the squeegees out, they're rolling it. I mean, it felt like they spent 10, 15 minutes on on the 16 green or surrounding area. Um, (laughs) Getting their butts like up there and like trailing through the water. I think Scott's dollings a couple holes ahead was in like a puddle. Uh, finally a lightning, uh, strike hit and they had to, they had to call the play. It, it didn't in. hit Scott Stallings. Just it did clear. not hit Scott. It, it hit somewhere, but somewhere <laughs> near enough that they had to call it. Uh, I mean, he so, goes to the
1: gym a lot, so he could probably could have taken it. Of so, anybody. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. He could take it. He'd be super after that. Yeah. Um, do you think like the tournament organizers made the right call? Should it have been called earlier? Should,
2: what, if anything should have been changed about that last round? I don't think I, I think they made the right call because I think that these guys, anybody who's in the field next week, you know, most of the field was already done. Right. So they're they're out of there. They're, there wasn't even a group on 17. So they were on yeah. 16. There's I think maybe two on 18. So these guys, they need to get them out of there. You know, they can't. Yeah. they can't wait till tomorrow. They, they need to get it done. Um, and so I think they did make the right call.
1: I think they should have just cancelled the whole event uh it was not championship conditions uh as <laughs> oh, as as the do. It's playable would do. but not Oy.
2: playable for you guys
1: yeah yeah um but That's no I, I I don't think we want to get into that so um no i i i, I do think it it's a it, you're you're kind of in a tension between trying to get this done as soon as possible and and making sure you're not having to go into the next day but i mean. Cage Lee won one and a half million dollars with that win so you also don't want to discount You don't want them to be playing in conditions that are like this, making a joke of of this being a golf tournament uh, coming down the stretch. And so I I, I think they found a pretty good balance there, is is what I would say.
2: And I think if the conditions were such that it was a huge disadvantage for the guys that were left, you know, and they were just bleeding strokes coming down, and someone like Kazir Berger, who had posted, all of a sudden won, then yes, that would be the wrong decision. But based on how it played out, I think it was the right decision. I mean, I, to me, like in, until the lightning, I think they
0: should have, if the lightning didn't hit, I think they should have pushed through even with how much the rain was coming down. So you finish up on sixteen, you got a par three on 17. You can kind of get through that quickly. And then you just have one hole. And like you said, like everyone, not everyone, because it is, yeah, it's substantial for a lot of people, but there is the PGA championship next week. You can't really like pushing it to Monday would be a disaster. Um, well, I don't know about a disaster. Well, it would. I wouldn't, wouldn't be it good.
1: Be a, it wouldn't be good, but like,
0: yeah. It, it,
2: golf isn't in the grand dome? of
1: life, I guess, to me. Yeah. disaster like, seems a bit extreme. Given the
2: past year, it wouldn't be a disaster.
0: As we're dealing with a
1: global epidemic and <laughs> true That's continued true. strife in the Middle East, and yeah,
0: very true. Okay, in a in a, this little world, but golf in the little golf
1: PGA Tour world.
0: But, like, there's wind advantages based on your tea time. Like, because you're a leader and you yeah. got lo- hit worse worse with some rain, like, I think you have to play through it. And I think Faldo made some interesting comments. Of course, like, he thinks he's tough and, like, tougher than all these guys. But he said, like, these guys aren't rain, like wearing rain gear because they're not used to this type of weather because they-, they go around the U.S. in the most opportune kind of weather pockets that they have in the U.S., well, I mean, around the world, golf is played in all different s- sorts of weather. I mean, you just have to get through it, really. Yeah. Yeah, now, I, and I think that kind of brings into question
1: the whole lift clean in place versus play it down, uh, which to me, I i, sure. I don't know. I, I'm sure Kevin has heard this, but I don't know if you would have, Adam, but I think Max Home on his podcast had a pretty good... You know, I wouldn't call it a rant, but just like trying to explain to people who are not on the inside and understand why they're doing this. But essentially, if you think about it, uh, on a day like like today, when anytime they're in standing water and they want a drop from that, they would have to, you know, maybe get a rules official over or get playing partners over to confirm right. whether or not it's standing water, and then you know, go through the process of of getting a drop. But if you just play lift clean in place when you are on fairways it it avoids all of that because just anytime you're on you know short grass you get to do that automatically and so it, if you're trying to if you're going out there on split tees threesomes trying to get this thing done as fast as possible it's just a no-brainer to do that type of thing but you hear i mean golf twitter just loves to gripe about how these guys are soft and you know like play it down um okay yeah this isn't finishing on Sunday if if we played it down today. So yeah. uh, that's... And then they would be, you know, Golf Twitter would be complaining about that. Uh, so I think it's fairly straightforward why they're doing this. And I don't know if either of you guys would have any con- contrasting
0: opinions to that, but... Well, there's also the study that came out a few months ago that golf Twitter is the most negative space of all places for sports in the internet. So I don't know. <laughs> no, I think golf... it's just
1: of sports on Twitter, of, of, of fandoms okay. on Twitter, golf is the most negative, which is not surprising in the least.
0: Not at all. Okay, another question for you guys before we kind of move on potentially from the bar Nelson. You, let's say you're in a camp. You're in a camp with Mr. Top 30 in the world. You, you kind of help them kind of manage their game. Do you want them to play before a major or the week before a major or do
2: you not want them to? I think it's very dependent on wh- which player, what their momentum is, where their game's at. You know, a guy, there's some players who talk about really liking it because they like to build momentum into it. There's other guys that want to prepare more specifically for that tournament. If you've been playing bad, I think you want to get some more reps in. If you've been p- playing really well, maybe less so. You know, maybe you want to just just feel good going in, not have a bad week or anything like that. Just feel good. Go to the venue, prep a little more and, and get ready for that tournament. So I think it's very dependent on the player in the situation.
1: Yeah. I think Rom would be a good example where he added this event late. because after Wells Fargo. After he missed the cut. Cause I think he, yeah. he you know, kind of assumed he was going to get like another couple of, of competitive rounds there. Uh, I don't think he, he's probably not terribly happy with how he played this week. Uh, but you know he was tied for 34th. But I still think it sets him up better. You know, it, otherwise he he's really leaving with bad taste in his mouth from how he played, and and only having those two rounds. I think from the Masters was that his last start before. Because um, he had right? the, he had his kid, and so he said. I think he said he didn't touch a golf club. No, for... played the, um, he
2: played in the he played in the Zurich of course. Zurich. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah defending.
1: Yeah. But yeah, he said he didn't touch a golf club for a while, and so you know to go from that to then a a missed cut and then to uh, right into the PGA Championship, uh, I I think it's it's smart in that he said he has this is the first time he has played before it. Um, But yeah, I I think I'd agree with Kevin. I think it's totally dependent on the player. Um, I think some of these people don't like to overthink and over. You know, if their normal prep for a tournament is that they've played the week before to do something different for the major can sometimes get them out of their normal routine. Um, Yeah.
0: The the one thing uh, with the ROM example that I find interesting um, with him adding it, the new baby, this is the first time the baby was out coming to a tournament. So it was like a dry run for that, which I thought was pretty cool. cool. Um, But he he hasn't seen Kiowa before. I'm pretty sure. And he said in his pre-tournament press conference and same with Brooks, Uh, both playing this week have never played at Kiowa. Um, So it's kind of interesting. I I mean, this is kind of partly why we're called Grandstand is because we're not inside the ropes. We don't know what goes on. I don't know if at Kiowa right now, if they are, I mean, allowing them to kind of practice, if it's kind of closed down to public, what's happening. But to me, I would think, you know, play like, you know, play a nine this on Saturday, play a nine on Sunday, work on some things on Monday and then get into the PGA Championship week uh, or potentially early in that might be more beneficial with the venue. I don't know. I don't know.
2: But they, they do talk a lot about competitive reps versus, you know, practice. So I I think familiarity with the course is it definitely plays a role, but it's not the be all end all, you know, Brooks Brooks liked to talk about how he played, you know, six holes or something before he went to the, the uh, concession there. And, Finish second, so it we're doesn't talking about matter practice? Practice <laughs> <Yeah>. practice, <laughs> talking about practice.
0: Not the game. <laughs> I live and die for. <laughs> okay I think that's a wrap on this section should we move on I think we're gonna change things up a little bit this week
1: yeah yeah give me let me, let me give a, a few shout outs. I think people we slighted a bit <laughs> Pat Kazier went out there and shot a 63 today played himself into a tie for third uh Schwarzel we gave a little bit of short shrift to, but uh, you know great tournament all around his high score was 68 he shot that a couple times 66 65 tie for third and then stallings we mentioned he might have gotten struck by lightning I don't think he did uh, came out and shot a 66 today Uh, yeah, we'll I mean, a lot, a lot of names. I think anytime you have a birdie fest, you get a lot of names. Uh, not necessarily those guys, but the rest of the top 10 here. Guys, we don't see getting a lot of top 10s. You know, like a For Joseph sure. Bramlett. I think this is his best result in a PGA Tour event. Uh, Troy Merrick, Seamus Power, is, yeah. um, Doc Redmond's back in a top 10. Um, That's nice to see. It does, uh, you know, I, I sometimes I, I complain about these birdie fests because it does not necessarily separate the best golfers from you know joe pga tour pro um (laughs) uh but i definitely think it is fun to see these guys have have you know some of their best results of the season
0: yeah i agree i think that's fair but with that said stock up stock down should we do it
2: yeah Yeah. so just to be clear the stock up stock down this week is kind of like gearing towards the pga championship am i correct well, I mean, all our stock up, stock down is
0: like moving forward, taking what we learned from the tournament. How are we putting it forward? But I think everyone we chose both played this week and is playing next week. I think
1: okay. the week before a major, it's hard not to do it as how it, how it uh, feeds
0: into next week. Right. I, I'm choosing Troy Merritt, who's going to enjoy his time off. and. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Craig. Let's let's start off with you. Stock up. Stock uh, no, up. go to Kevin. I
1: I just gave a whole diatribe. Okay, Kevin.
2: It's you. okay. Well, I mean, I'm going with some obvious ones here. So maybe that's why you want to start with me. Sam Burns is my stock up, and this is this is mostly because I feel like even in our PGA Championship preview podcast that we kind of we maybe overlooked him a little bit coming off his first win. Like I said before, you never know how he's going to like, how he's going to react after that. If it's going to be like, I got to win, you know, and and you kind of take your foot off the gas pedal. He clearly showed that's not what he's about. Played three awesome rounds of golf. And then, you know, maybe a bit of a disappointment today, but he is, he went first, second in his last two starts. Um, he's gone from, 149th in the world earlier this year to 36th in the world as of today. Yeah.
1: 149th going into the Genesis.
2: Into the Genesis. (laughs) So like not a
1: lot like a long time ago, like, you know, fairly recently. He's
2: catapulting himself (laughs) up the rankings with his play. His, his um, odds during, at the time of our preview podcast on, what was it? Thursday. On Thursday, he was 66 to one for the PGA championship. He's now 40 to one. I happened to snag him at 50 partway through this tournament. So <laughs> Took I'm feeling 50, good about hey? that. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But like what hotter golfer is there right now? And not only that, but the way he plays it, Kiowa suits him quite well. He, yeah. he can hit as far as anybody, you know, like it's, it's a pretty decent fit for him. So going into next week, he's a guy I, I kind of had overlooked and I think, I mean, why not? Why not it? have it
0: be sam burns no i think it's interesting because i i don't play the outright betting markets that much but i see a lot of people on golf twitter which has been mentioned a lot today post (laughs) these numbers of like oh, i got this guy like 200 to one but like does that guy realistically have a chance to win i don't know sam burns Burns can pop at any single event and win i truly believe that yeah yeah, so that was my and, stock. Well,
1: and especially I think in a major field. Like there's people that you yeah, they could win a PJ tour event, but he's he has the type of game he has, he could win in a in a field with the best golfers in the world, all there.
2: And yeah. now that he's got that win, he's got the monkey off his back, you know, I think that just frees him up even more. Go out there, he, yeah. he's playing with house money. See what you can do. Yep. Um, so my stock down is uh, Craig's fade. I, I assume he's gonna be sticking with this for his fade, but it's Brooks Kepka. Um, missed a cut, shot three under for the week, which missed a six under cut really didn't show any signs. I mean, Brooks is a a Jekyll and Hyde player. Like I was looking at his previous results as a PGA, just generally (laughs) across the board. Like he's missed two straight cuts now. But then before that, it's like second place at concession, you know, like he's it's, you never know what you're going to get out of Brooks. So, you know, next week could be totally different, but he sure doesn't look like he's got any form. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know, you know, what's behind that, but it it's not looking very good right now. So he's he's a guy I'm staying away from. Completely I honestly
1: feel worse about my fade than I did before, <laughs> and and here's why: because uh, I had to do a little research on him for our our PJ preview shorter video, and uh, so here's his, he's got eight starts at the PJ Championship. Two times winner, Bell Reeve 2018, Beth Page Black 2019, eight starts, seven top 30s, six top 15s, four top fives. Um, so I, 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 like, the only thing I'm hanging my hat on as far as, of a, as far as a fade is the fact that I'm hoping that his, his or I'm not hoping because I don't <laughs> yeah. cheer against people, but I, I think that physically he is not necessarily at the same level as the person that showed up those eight times.
0: I don't know if Brooks heard you guys because he has the two Wanamaker trophies plugging his ears, so you might not
2: have heard what you guys said, but that's a good Those are pretty big water. trophies.
1: That'd be an awkward
0: <laughs> earplug. Uh, no. still I hear works, when you hold them
2: works. up to your ear, you hear the ocean, too. <laughs>
0: ah, South Carolina ocean. <laughs> All right, Craig,
1: who do you got? Okay, so I'm going, uh, you know, this one... I mean, I don't know what y'all think of this, but I'm going up with Will Zalatoris. And I know what you guys are thinking, like, how could I have stuck up on him? Because I'm always talking about how high I am on him. But I actually have been kind of, since the Masters, I and the hype that he has gotten after that... I feel like there's a little bit of post-height fading that I was doing. And his, he actually hasn't been playing that great since the Masters. Oh. So I was like, is this one of those situations where a guy kind of feels like he has arrived and loses a little bit of that edge? Because for the first time, he's kind of in the, in the zeitgeist, in the, in the national scene. Um, so he had, he had a missed cut at the Wells Fargo and at the RBC. He had six rounds there. He was minus 0.25 strokes Ball striking. So just with his ball striking, he was losing a quarter stroke. And so I was like, you know, like this is kind of what you hang your hat on with with Zalatoris—is how good of a ball striker he is. Yeah. He came out this week. He gained two point seven five. Essentially, it's like two point seven four something strokes ball striking per round. Um, he was first, first in strokes gained um, approach in the tournament uh, with like something, I didn't actually write this one down, but it was something like 9.4. So it was just like a a little bit of a silly ball striking, especially today, his his ball striking was just silly. Um, So that is exactly what, when I'm starting to be like, man, I I think this guy might be falling off the form that has caused everyone to to really be crowning him essentially um to come out and show exactly why it is that 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 was happening in the first place uh to me that's a stock backup
0: yeah i mean the one like the one thing with these birdie fest is he barely made the cut i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then he i mean he backdoored his way into the top tie for 17 so while losing four strokes putting this week yeah that's crazy
1: so he, it definitely, and like, that doesn't really concern me, you know, like it it wasn't a great putting week, but it was the fact that his ball striking hadn't been good for the last few. And that's the thing that you really expect that he is going to be good at every week. Um, stock down, Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, You know, this one to me, it's not necessarily... I, I just was high on Matt Fitzpatrick coming into this week, and I was high on him as a look-ahead to the PGA as well. Uh, so the miscut, I don't love it. it. He never really looked like he had any form at all. Uh, he has had... He's kind of been ping-ponging, but he's had some fairly good steady results, I would say, over the past you know six months maybe, since he, he won in, in Dubai the DP World Tour Championship. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, A few top 10s, but lots of top 20s. And so just a little bit of a jarring form that we saw uh, a miscut, never even really close to the cut line this
2: week. One thing I will say about Fitzpatrick is he doesn't really seem to me like a guy who would excel in these, these like Adam says, like these birdie fests. Like, totally I agree. think he's more of a grinder and, and yeah. his game suits more like difficult courses and difficult conditions. So, you know. I think, I think he's exactly the
1: type of player when I say that this doesn't necessarily separate I think he's exactly the type of player that can hang on tough courses. Yeah. But but these ones are more random. So like mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't have this stuff to make a bunch of birdies this week and so but he can make a lot of those pars when it's tough to make pars.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that just the profile of him not being the biggest hitter um by any means and coming off a miscut like, is he just become a sneaky play in DFS for a PGA championship? Like, I, maybe. maybe yeah. He burned me this week, though, but I might just go right back because I don't think he'll get much,
2: many eyes on him, much attention. And, you know, he's a guy who can play in the wind, too, which, as I was saying on the preview, pod, I'm sure hoping there's wind at Kiowa, so... <laughs> Gotta yeah. check that forecast again. I don't know. I don't know. So okay.
1: he's he's 8400 too uh for next week at the PGA, which is just in that like that tantalizing area that you want to plug people in at.
0: A lot of guys around there, a lot of good, interesting mm-hmm. guys around there. Okay, my turn. What am I doing here? Stock up, stock down. I'm going up Charles schwartzel uh T3, as Craig said, fifth strokes getting T to Green. Um He's in the PGA, but he didn't... I mean, he got a special invite. He still sits outside the top 100, um, but Craig's been talking about him a lot, and I've been kind of like hesitant to go to Charles Schwarzel. Wait, Um,
1: ask Kevin the question. What's the question? How old do you think Charles Schwarzel is? Yeah, Kev, how old do you think he is?
2: 39.
1: He
0: is 36, I believe.
1: I think you were the closest of anyone that we have
0: asked. Yeah. I was blowing away 36.
2: Yeah. It seems like he's been around for a long time.
0: Yeah. Um, so with Charles five straight tournaments, T 26 or better, that includes Zurich. But if you just look at individual events, he has improved his finish every single week, come leading up to this T three. Um, and then looking at the PGA championship, actually, which kind of surprised me, he's made six straight cuts at the PGA championship. You know, haven't been top tens or even top 25s, but Making cuts at the PGA Championship, you're, you're collecting a payday and you're doing well for a guy for a couple of years that was outside the top 200 in the world. Um, so that, that's kind of punching above your weight. So, I mean, I, I think i just have to buy Charles Schwartzel this time. Like, he, he's moving up. Yeah, and, and so making cuts
1: in the hardest field in golf. Um, but the thing that blows me away, I think, the most with Charles is that, and, and this is why I struggle with his age, he was in the top 10, or sorry, the top 100 from 2006 until 2018. And then he battled injuries and fell dramatically outside of it. And I think we're just now seeing, like, I just kind of assumed he was in his early 40s. And, you know, yeah. we, might, we may or may not ever see him work his way back. But um, I, I, I'm just believing that, that he has way more game left than, than I had thought we, we were going to potentially see from him. Yeah, Do you
2: think sure. sometimes it's his hats that make you think he's Yes, yeah, it could be, 100%.
1: <laughs> my wife said she might divorce me if I wear some of those hats. So. <laughs> really? Oh, my wife's a little
0: bit she, she makes that threat a lot, though, so it doesn't hold a ton of weight. <laughs> I, I wear that kind of hat when I'm outside gardening. I think my wife loves it, but maybe she doesn't.
1: Well, yeah, now that she's seen how I burn in the, in the summer, she, she's much more on board. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, moving down this week, I got Thomas Peters okay Podcast i can hear the listeners. dejection
2: in your voice i,
0: I know adam you I mean you just it, it, picked <laughs> thomas peters as your sleeper can you can you look at that 150 number and see if it moved at all i'm guessing not i don't think i don't think it moved at all uh okay. so he was my sleepers on our preview pod for the pga championship but let me tell you why it's a stock down so he missed the cut at the byron nelson on the number but charles schwartzel was fifth jersey td green Thomas Peters was six strokes getting T to green in the tournament, despite the fact that he missed the cut. So he lost 1.7 strokes putting per day coming into the tournament. He was actually positive on the year strokes in putting. I was like, maybe it's because he broke his, his finger back in December and he had more time on the greens. I, I think we're just back to the normal Thomas Peters that we know and love. So it's a stock down with his putting, but I am still riding him at the PJ Challenge. I was, I was gonna camp.
1: say you could go stock down and you'd still be like your second favorite player going into <laughs> the week. <laughs> He's just falling from that top slot. So he Absolutely. he has
2: slid to two fifty to one. Just so what? You know. <laughs> so there's some value for you there, Adam. I'm, I'm going. Adam,
1: what is it, uh, Jim Cramer? Adams Adams hitting the buy,
0: <laughs> buy, 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 buy. I yeah, I'm going back for sure. I gotta see where that each way is. Yeah, I'm going back to that for sure. I'm. Gonna update our picks for sure and put the 250 and not the 150 like a chump <laughs> that I am. Jeez. Okay. Time for our three stars. Let's put a bow on the Byron Nelson here. And actually, we got more after that. That's a lie. Third star, Sam Burns. Uh, we talked about it a little bit, but uh, yeah. Led the tournament strokes in T to green, which is very positive. Got that win uh, a couple weeks ago. Second here. Ultra talented, as we talked about. The one thing that I was going to say is he's got it. The round averages is still a little bit scary, you know, playing much better early in the week than later in the week and the early bogeys. I think he bogeyed one on both Saturday and Sunday. And that's kind of, a. I mean, it's just poor momentum going in mm-hmm. when you, when you're in contention. So uh, Sam Burns played great, but it,
2: it still seems like the potential, the, the ceiling is so high for him. So do you think that's just a little bit of like, you know, maturity though, as, as a young player, I think that putting four rounds together is hard. For sure. You know, we talked about it with Phil last week, and he's still got all the talent in the world to put one round together, but to do four, I think that's what these guys really have to learn to become consistent winners out here. And I think he's learning. You know, I think it's all part of the maturation process.
1: Yeah, and I think it's one of the differences between the top ten-ish players in the world and someone like a Sam Burns is that, yeah, Sam Burns' best stuff might be close to as good as, um, you know, (sighs) anyone. Web Simpson's, but Web Simpson's worst stuff is going to be a lot better than than
2: Sam Burns. Listen, the way Sam Burns is playing right now, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the top fifteen, top ten by the end of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, I also,
1: I also think that the, oh, uh, like, the official world golf rankings also favors getting like wins and top 3s, 4s, yeah. fours, fives more than it favors being a consistent. Top 20, top 20, top 10, you know, it, it, it definitely skews as along with purses, the way, same way purses skew up dramatically towards the top. Um, yeah. the, the world golf rankings do much more so than say like a, a strokes gain average that uh, it doesn't matter whether you were first and you won by a stroke or whether you were first and you won by 10 strokes. You're, you're you know, you're getting the same ranking points for that.
0: Yeah. Second star, guys, we're going across Atlantic Richard Bland, second what a star. Story. Love it. He won the 2021 Betfred British Masters. And this is a little story. I'll try to do a little bit justice here in a couple of minutes. But he's 48 years old. He won for the first time on the European Tour after 478 attempts. 478 wow. tournaments. I mean, back, I think it was 2001, he won the Challenge Tour Grand Finale. Got his card, was playing on the European tour. He lost uh, in a playoff in the Irish Open early in his career. Fast forward to 2018. He loses his tour card at the age of 46, has to go back down to the Challenge Tour, comes back, makes his way at 46 <laughs> onto the European tour, and gets his first win at 48 uh, years old in 2021. Absolutely remarkable. Uh, he was with Guido in the playoff um, Uh, late in the day but yeah he he got it done he got his first win great story
2: i love what he said too they were asking him you know like what what was like motivating you to carry on after losing your car he's like well what else was i gonna do (laughs) like you know (laughs) so Yeah. yeah he just kept battling and he got her done yeah okay first star
0: kh lee first pga tour win, you get the first star uh as craig mentioned uh it gets us way into the pga championship it's this is his third major i think he's played two us two us opens uh i didn't quite find the research but uh, he might have qualified for those so this is like this is really door opening now he's into majors uh consistently at least for the next little bit so well i mean PGA he's in he's
1: in next week for sure he's into the next year's masters for sure yep uh i yes he gets points in an US OWGR Open based on, on a win, but I don't yeah. know. Uh, I know what you, you he if to get top 60 for the right for the US the Open because that's that's another story that that we'll talk about in a sec here. Um, but yeah, oh boy. Sorry.
0: yeah, no worries. I'm trying to do where did where did he say he finished in the OWGR? Oh, he's, he's 59, 59 right now. Yeah, he jumped oh, yeah. from he's 137th right
1: to 59th this week,
0: right there. Okay. DFS pick segments, our pick sheet that we send out on Twitter every uh, every week. It's not looking good, guys. Uh, let's jump down to the one and done uh, from worst to first. Scotty Scheffler, Kevin, you were kind of bragging on the on the preview pod there that you were going to leapfrog us. with. I was some- feeling
2: pretty good about it. I really was. And, uh, you know, what can I say? <laughs> we were all kind of tied within a shot of each other going into today and Zalatoris posted. I thought it was gonna be Scheffler that just went on and torched one of these rounds and he just never got her done. So Yeah, I mean he he was my showdown
0: pick for today, so I didn't feel good about it except for the fact that I knew you're losing money with every bogey <laughs> that he got. <laughs> so Kevin had Scottish Scheffler, T forty seven, twenty thousand.
1: It gets tough Drake. when you have so many different rooting interests. Like I was all in on <laughs> Salatoris today because uh, you know, I had him in my best, my best six of six lineup, but yeah, you just gotta gotta balance them as best you can.
0: Yeah, Deki Matsuyama, Craig went with T 39 31,000. I went with Zalatoris T seventeen, a nice cool hundred twenty
2: thousand. So I'll take that. I'm pretty happy That's, with Zalatoris. It's a little hundred k gain on both of us, so you gotta mm-hmm. like that.
0: I gotta like that. Uh, sleepers missed cuts across the board. Hoagie Peters and Gim fades were Matsuyama and Brooks Keppa, Good fade by Craig. Yeah. That, that not many highlights, some lowlights. I feel a little there, bad. Probably. I didn't realize
1: I was gonna be fading. Didn't realize I was gonna be fading Brooks back to back here. But uh, maybe you know, let's get into it. Maybe are we gonna talk about uh, next week? I, think,
0: I, I man. If you keep piling on Brooks like this, he might challenge you to a that's what I'm. golf what I'm left handed, about. <laughs> and he's gonna make you look like a fool. Yeah. Uh, should we get into what? Sorry. No, no, no.
1: no you do your thing.
0: Uh, Bedford British masters. We have our European tour races to buy. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. It's Jeff Jankovic. That won his dimple burner team name. Uh, he had Guido Miliazzi as his captain. <laughs> Almost got it with that win. Uh, who had <laughs> Guido had a dramatic 72nd hole, got the par, got into the playoff, uh, but ultimately didn't win. But I think, uh, Jeff had double the amount of points as any other fantasy team in our league. So,
1: yeah, and I think I, I'm going to stock up on, on you. I think that's the best ra- last name pronunciation I, I've heard yeah. from you in a while. Schenkovitz, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. assuming that's right. It, it sounds good.
0: I'm not going to lie. Usually you butcher myself. these things. <laughs> I surprise myself. Um, I don't even know if we want to get into this this week. Good bets, bad bets, red bets, green bets. I don't think it was a pretty red week for me. I have nothing to get I, I had a green week,
1: week. Uh, yeah, overall. But... I mean, nothing special. I had, you know, one... Uh, I I had three six of sixes get through. It was it was green, uh tournament long, slightly red showdowns, but the, the green was enough to outweigh the red. Um the one that kills me, and, and you know, we spoke about this a little bit already, I think on the showdown shows, Harry Higgs. He still uh. the lineups that he he made turned into a five of six uh was One, I I still don't know if it would have outscored my top one because Zalatoris and Berger both really did work Mm. on the weekend. But at at the time of the cut, it was far and away my best one and it had a KH Lee on it. So I was definitely unhappy (sighs) about that. And if you didn't hear us before, essentially Higgs bogeyed I forget if it was nine or eighteen, but he bogeyed one of the par fives to close out his second round uh, yeah. in just a, a messy fashion. So um, green week overall, but uh, would have been a little bit greener if Higgs had uh, made that cut.
0: And he was like two thirty out in the fairway into the par
2: five. Like, ah, Higgs, man, come on. Yeah, Kevin, any any betting stories for this week, or is it kind no, of? No, I've watch? pretty much been ice cold, you know, since the players. Play- so.
1: Just stacking up on futures for the PGA. <laughs>
2: I wish that's what I was doing, but, you know, I don't get as much of a, as many vibes for the PGA as I do for the Masters. So, like, you know, it's always a little bit harder going into a course you don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of red stuff on my betting sheet lately. Well, as
0: soon as Homa wins again, you're going to be buying your summer house. I right back to it. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so, you know, we, we talked about this before the Masters. Do you have not quite the volume of futures going into the PGA?
2: Yeah, that's a good I, question.
1: I do not. I, you know, I. Like, are we and, talking less than five? Or I,
2: I mean, I got Sam and Homa as a bit more long shots, um, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to be choosing a couple of my couple of the heavyweights to. Oh yeah, but you don't have like a, a
1: bunch of futures already on the.
2: No, on the no. Card. Like I say, it's it's two. The Masters, you always kind of know that there's certain guys who are are going to be playing, are likely to play well at Augusta, whereas. I, it's more I find that this is a little bit more of like who's in form who's yeah, who's yeah. so you don't you're not
1: necessarily like I think that I like this price better than I'm like I'm going to bet it anyways the week of and I like this price better than I think it will be whereas Augusta yeah. you you have a better feel that you will
2: like this guy that week regardless exactly you know like a Jordan Spieth I have no idea how Jordan Spieth is going to play at Kiowa at the, at Augusta you know yeah chalk up a t3 so when can I get the best <laughs> or, price yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that leads
0: us to our, I mean, we're kind of just going to segue into a PGA Championship Preview 2.0 here a little bit. I mean, kind of the whole pod has been wrapped up in some <laughs> yeah, PGA yeah. talk as well. But I got a couple of questions here for you. So we, we taped our PGA preview on Thursday and we made our picks in and they were their pencil picks. We're at Sunday here. We're about the halfway point. Wednesday morning, we cement them in. So guys, we've had a few days here. Anyone changing the picks? I'll I'll recap real quick. So my pick was DJ. Am I one and done? My fade is JT. My sleepers Peters, and I'm keeping them as is. Craig, do you want to give a quick recap who who you had and if you're. Yeah, so I,
1: I've got Brooks as my pick and one and done. Uh, or sorry, sorry, <laughs> what? No, I say Brooks. No, I was reading the wrong name here. I've got Rory, Rory McIlroy as my <laughs> as my pick and one and done. Uh, obviously, standing by that one. Uh, and Brooks is my fade. Neiman as my sleeper. I I so answer is probably outside of the the price we're looking at, but I don't think we mentioned him at all mm. on our pencil picks. Uh, and that's the maybe we did, but I don't I don't recall it. I, I think he's someone that, that deserves mention as he I see him at fifty five right now on, on bet three six five. I think he's someone to consider. Like he his form has been very very good. Uh, yes, he's not the longest hitter. He's one of these shorter, more accurate guys. But the same it was the same situation at Quail Hollow. He was first tee to green there. So um, just because Great he's point. not the longest one on the tour, I don't think that's a reason to discount the form that he has shown.
0: Yeah. But, but, got but I'm standing longer. with
1: Neiman. I think Neiman has more, you know, I, I like Neiman's upside potential.
2: I think Neiman was 66 when we recorded the preview. He's now 75 to 1, so. Man. It's becoming a little bit more of a legitimate sleeper pick. A little bit,
1: yeah. 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 Um, my,
2: my picks were uh, Rory as my winner one and done. I don't like how trendy he is. That always makes me nervous, um, mm-hmm. but I'm going to stick with him. My fade was Bryson and I from what I saw this week I'm I'm feeling fine about that still. Yeah. Uh, my sleeper is Max Homa, whose odds have slipped to hundred to one. So just probably gonna buy more of that. Um, <laughs> What's going on with these books? They're just giving all our sleepers like Well, I think so so anytime they,
1: they, they've upgraded burns. Uh, so anytime they do that, they're taking win equity away from other guys. I also think
2: that they they tend to for futures sometimes they tend to give shorter ones until kind of the week of and then they have a better idea where everybody's at. Gotcha. Yeah. Try to.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Okay, next question here is uh, we release kind
0: of the top five storylines going into the PGA on our YouTube. So go go check that out. You know, Rory defending the Spieth Slam. But I'm going to ask you guys uh, an underreported story, either like so far or what you think is going to be underreported over the next few days here, leading up to the PGA Championship or, or into the tournament as well. But underreported storylines. Do you guys have any good ones here? Anybody want to start off?
1: I think you should start this one off, Adam.
0: Okay, I got a good one. <laughs> I know. You no, I, know you're just, I know
1: you're bursting at <laughs> the seams.
0: Alley-oop. <laughs> <laughs> so i am going with the south african domination i feel like i haven't seen this much besides a little bit of golf twitter that uh got me onto this but a record 11 golfers from south africa will tee it up at kiowa i am gonna i hope my last name pronunciation is good because i'm gonna go through this list real quick who season higo van royan van tonder Vitelli, stone grace burmester gozi and Schwartzel. 11 south africans teaming up and not only that in 2020 five of those guys have already won that's higo twice van tonder stone grace burmeester of course not all on the pga tour all on different tours sunshine tour maybe european tour uh wherever it may be. but five of those guys are winners this year and that's why so many of them came into the or are in the top 100 and have earned their way into the uh, pga
2: yeah yeah no, I, I, I like floored it. you guys i floored I, you guys well, <laughs> i have my my jaws on the floor
1: <laughs> the thing that so like i i really like a lot of these players i mean yeah some some of these guys are probably the ones i talk about most next to rory McIlroy. but um
0: should I we th- should we do a quick top south african here impromptu I, I, I stunned you guys again. I feel like you're not ready. Yeah, for I mean, I,
1: I think I probably, I, I, I wouldn't be too outlandish with my pick for a top South African, but that's just because I feel like he performs better in major championships than elsewhere. Um, I, I, I would have a different one if I were say, to say, most likely to outperform sort of where their odds and numbers are. I, I would have two different answers. Okay, I would well say let's Louis, just hear it. So Louis Oosthuizen, I would say, is, is probably my top, south african but i still mm-hmm. think Charles is is my favorite to outperform sort of where he's you know whether it's where he's priced a dfs or or the kind of numbers you're getting on him uh as an outright
0: yeah how
2: about you I, like, I think i like Charles more than uh, louis this week wow just be, just based on on play coming in
1: just based so, on louis drive on the 18th in the playoff at the zurich <laughs>
0: I got a couple of different ones. I, I love Bazad Out. I, I I love his game. I think he's a big bogey avoidance type guy. But one I am almost certain to play in DFS is Brandon Stone at 6,300. I think he's a dirt cheap sleeper on DFS that I, I'll have some interest in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He so, yeah, is it is well, and
1: he's got that pass pound connection too, doesn't he?
0: i i was muted there for a second sorry i'm doing some <laughs> stuff over here that, that was on me a little bit uh i i don't know about the past song thing for brandon stone specifically i'm big on the past valley grass right now
1: I, I know you are that's why i had I deep it in
0: it but i don't know for brandon stone i forget let me check where he won
1: oh no sorry i'm mixing up uh, brandon stone and, and brandon grace i'm getting the, my guys mixed up it was grace who won at oh, the right. puerto rico this year right yeah 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 um kev you want to go or should i
2: Sure, well, one thing that, uh, you know, you can't ignore this guy anymore, but Stuart Sink could become the second oldest player to win a major this week at make his career major total two. Um, already, Which is twice. a much
1: more significant one than one. And, like, I'm it not is. saying that jokingly. No, you there, look at, there's you look a lot at how of single major have, winners.
2: Yeah. And when you get a second one, that's it is very significant. You, you enter a completely different echelon of, uh, you know, as far as who has that on their resume. Um, But he's already won twice this year. Like he's playing as good as I can ever remember him playing. Um, Yeah. He was, he was,
1: um, he has the distance to compete here. Like sometimes you you think with these older players, you're like, oh yeah, like on a finesse course, they can, they can compete. But um, yeah, I don't think it's in any way outlandish. to think that he could compete if he has his game this week.
2: And that will remain probably an underreported story because he's not... Uh, you don't you think know,
1: that it's that likely
0: to...
2: <laughs> he doesn't get a ton of fanfare. I would yeah. say, so
0: so. I, I just want to put that comment in perspective a little bit. So looking at the driving distance stats on PGA Tour, Stuart uh, Sink is at 306. He's tied for 23rd. He's above guys like Burns, Xander, Scotty Scheffler, wow. Tony Finau. Wow. He's above all those guys. <laughs> like, That's shocking remarkable.
2: Yeah.
0: There you go. Bubba Watson, Coke
2: rack. That That's, that's floored me more than your list of <laughs> South Africans, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go.
0: Happy yeah. to floor you with that one too. <laughs> um, okay. Kate, so like, what about you? So
1: I'm going, and this one, you know, maybe, maybe, Maybe it's not necessarily underreported because I have heard it reported, but I would say don't overlook it because I think it. I think it is an important story for the rest of the summer. But I'm going Jason Day potentially missing the U.S. Open, and
0: so well, if and you don't... This,
2: and the PGA Championship too, you know he's potentially missing whatever time this comes up. What? What are you talking about?
1: He's in the PGA Championship next week,
2: right? But he's leaving as soon as like if he gets the call to go, he's going.
1: Oh like his, yeah, yeah! You're talking
2: about his wife being full time. No, term, but he's right? not
1: qualified for the U.S. Open. Oh, I see. I see. So, so yes, that is another story. He, his, his wife is due with. I want to say their fourth
0: child. I was so confused there. <laughs> I
1: was really confused. Um, no, it's an know, underreported so, so, story. So there's, we've there's, there's, there's two stories, there's two stories here, <laughs> I guess. There is the his wife is is pregnant, and I, I believe. Um, due in early June, and he has said that he, he's going to go as soon as as soon as uh, you know he gets the call. Uh, but the other story is that Jason Day is is not right now qualified for the U.S. Open, uh-huh. and the U.S. Open is at Tory Pines this year. Which if you don't if you don't remember if you're not paying attention. His record at Tory Pines is awesome. Uh, we've yeah. got, so this is at the Farmers Insurance. He's got two wins, a second place, a fifth place, a ninth place.
2: <clears throat>
1: Essentially, every time this guy shows up there, he's in contention. <laughs> uh, so he he is right now, he is um, 60. He's fallen now to 65th in the world. He needs to be in the top five. 60 in the world either after the PGA championship or after the memorial in on June 7th. And so like if he's potentially skipping one of these tournaments, it is a huge story. There's going to be huge points on the line in terms of, uh, of OG, OWGR ranking points this week. So, you know, a top 10 probably gets him there. It, it's a very, very significant result for him this week to, to go to a place for the US Open that he has a history of doing well.
0: I got a I got a two-parter coming back at you guys. So the USGA this week gave a special invite to Phil Mickelson. You know, Tory Pines, Phil's however many however many uh runner-up finishes does he have at US Opens like 5 6 at this point. Um in his hometown, do you think A, yay or nay for that decision and do you think Jason Day would also potentially get one if he didn't qualify?
2: Um, I would say yay for Phil. Yeah. Um
1: Like you I think, agree with the decision.
2: I agree with the decision. Phil of anybody, you know, Phil has earned it. He generates a ton of buzz. Um the fan you know, it is his home yeah. hometown or was his hometown. I think he's moved now. Anyway, um the fans love him there. You know, give him, a, give him a shot at it. The guy's yeah. been runner. He said nobody's had more heartbreak at the U.S. Open than Phil. Like, give him no. a chance. Um, Jason Day, nay. No. Okay. I don't think he should get a special invite. Why? Just because he's a, a big name. You know, everybody else has to qualify. Phil's so, an exception. So,
1: so I, I, I totally agree with the Phil one. This is not unprecedented. Uh, So let me read you the list of of who the USGA has given. So there's 34, actually, so I'm not going to read the the (laughs) list. But um, here's some notables. Arnold Palmer, Seve Ballesteros, Gary Player, Lee Trevino, Hale Irwin, Jack Nicklaus, Tom Watson. Those are all guys who have multiple special exemptions from them. So, like, who's the last three? So, Phil... Uh, is it an, so, Ratif R- R- Goosen got one in 2016, 2018. Uh, Jim Furyk, Ernie Els got them. Um, Hale Irwin won the 1990 on a special exemption. So, it, it's it's not wow. unprecedented. Um, whether i would have to dig a little so uh, you know i'm just on on wikipedia and it says 34 players i'd have to dig a little bit further to see like how all of these players obviously are like legends of the game and i want to see how deep that list goes until you're getting to i mean jason day is a former number one he is a a major winner but i don't know i i would i would be fine with it i'm not going to complain about it but i could see how it it P- could potentially get some blowback
2: a lot of those guys are past champions though like what the the names you read there yeah so that's where I,
1: we'd have to i i would have to dig a little bit further into like who else like we're talking about arnold palmer and jack nicholas and stuff you know like those guys getting exemptions is one thing but yeah who are the other 30 players that right
2: and and literally phil is like he's literally the closest you can be to being a past champion without being yeah. a past champion.
0: <laughs> I, I love the decision to get Phil in. Um, I mean, he a, as much as he's not competitive, he still is competitive. Like, we, we see those glimpses. He he wins on the Champions Tour. I, I, I love it. And I, I just hope that, like, he's part of a conversation on the weekend. at some, So, I, so some to way, me, is. this
1: is exactly the situation that the special exemption exists for, is for someone yeah, like totally. Phil. Yeah, the yeah. Jason Day one, less so. Like, that feels like, no, like, you're in a position where you should be earning your way in if you're going to compete in it this year. But, I, yeah. but that said, I'd be fine. Like, who do, what do I care? Like, is it taking? Is it adding someone to the field or is it taking a spot from someone else who would otherwise... Like, if it's adding someone to the field, I don't care. Sweet, give it to him, you know? But just let's hope it's not even an issue because he earns it.
0: Yeah. Are we ending there or one more PGA question?
1: Well, I, I'm good there. Okay. Yeah. I mean...
0: Thank you everybody for listening. Oh, Craig, (laughs) no, go ahead, do it.
1: Well, I feel like the only other question I see here is "Is you trying to disparage Victor Hovland, which to me... We'll
0: (laughs) talk about it on DFS throughout the week on our YouTube channel. So there we go. (laughs) Segue. subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not yet already. I assume you have. Rate and review the podcast. Review now, this week, and then we'll we'll talk about your review for the PGA Championship recap. Like, how could you, you... You can't time it any better than this to review... And rate the podcast right now. Follow preferably us, preferably with at- like
1: five stars. If you're gonna, if you're gonna rate it,
0: yeah, we're not picky, but five stars. I hope that's what we give us, but I don't know. Follow <laughs> us on Twitter at GrandSanka Go- <laughs> at Grand Sand Golf. Thank you everybody for listening. Good luck next week. We'll see you next week. Take care. Take care. See You guys.